0: calling all sports fans. There's only one place to go to get all your sports news information, radio shows, sports talk, anything that you want to do, that's RFSN, the Real Fan Sports Network. Log on to realfansportsnetwork.com to hear shows from across the country. And of course, make sure you can hear this show on the Real Fan Sports Network. Go to TuneIn Radio on the TuneIn Radio app and search for RFSN to get sports talk 24-7 from a fan's perspective. That's the Real Fan Sports Network, realfansportsnetwork.com.
1: Welcome to the RFSN Network. Uh, My name is Scott King, creator of footballextrapoints.com, and you're listening to the Football Extra Points Fantasy Football Special. On tonight's show, we're going to be talking about rankings, uh, some sleepers, and we're going to get into uh, some draft strategy as well. So we're excited now that football is back on the field. We've got some uh, full slate of preseason games tonight. And we're going to be diving into fantasy as players are getting ready for their drafts. Uh, hopefully not too soon. You know, one of the, the big, big things everyone tries to do is push their draft off as long as possible. So hopefully you've got your draft coming up here in a couple of weeks. So we'll be getting through that. Hopefully get some callers uh, coming in, expecting some guests tonight. So if you'd like to join the conversation, uh, the number is 323-927-2906. I'd be happy to take your calls and answer your questions, give you some insight. Uh, we've been going through the rankings, getting ready for the season to start, so that's uh, pretty exciting uh, as for everybody out there. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go ahead and dive right into um, some position rankings, and we're going to start off at the, uh, the most popular position to talk about in football is the quarterback position, but it's not really um, the top, most coveted fantasy position. Most everybody likes to focus on the running back. So we're going to start off with the running backs and uh, see where we go from there.
0: Calling all sports fans, there's only one place to go to get all your sports news, information, radio shows, sports talk, anything that you want to do, that's RFSN, the Real Fan Sports Network. Log on to realfansportsnetwork.com to hear shows from across the country. And of course, make sure you can hear this show on the Real Fan Sports Network. Go to TuneIn Radio on the TuneIn Radio app and search for RFSN to get sports talk 24-7 from a fan's perspective. That's the Real Fan Sports Network, realfansportsnetwork.com.
1: All right, welcome back to the Football Extra Points Fantasy Football Special. Uh, I'm your host, Scott King, creator of footballextrapoints.com. And we're getting ready to dive into some uh, player rankings and some sleepers position by position as we get ready for fantasy football. If you'd like to join the conversation and have any questions, uh, you can give me a call. The number is 323-927-2906. Like I mentioned before the break, uh, running back is the most coveted Fantasy football position uh, and, and the standard football um, conversation. Everybody focuses around the quarterback, but running back still important. Uh, over the years, the running back position has kind of uh, downgraded a little bit in the in the uh, NFL, where you have less of the workhorse backs and more of the running back by committee, which has put some impact on the fantasy football leagues. But you know, in in reality it makes running backs even more valuable. If you've got that that real workhorse running back, um, you really need to take advantage of that because there's not many of them. And at the top of the board, uh, some of the most coveted names out there, Peterson, Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, Matt Forte, and Marco Murray, uh, Marshawn Lynch, You know, those are my rankings, but those are those are the top names you've got at the top of the board. And and most people, you know, you'll hear Adrian Peterson's name at the top of the board, Uh, Jamal Charles up there, LaShawn McCoy. And I'm one, you know, for me personally, ever since Adrian Peterson hurt his knee, I've been a little doubtful of his ability to stay healthy. Obviously, he made me look really bad the year coming off the knee. Uh, Last year, you know, another solid year for him. But I'm just, one that's expecting him to uh, age to catch up with them and the wear and tear to catch up with them, so he's not one that I actually have at the top of my board, and that was consistent the last two years. Um, another name you hear towards the top, Jamal Charles. I think last year was an outstanding year for him. That was a huge, huge comeback year. I actually drafted him number one in my league the year he blew out his knee, so uh, he, he's one that. That has hurt me in the past, but obviously had a great year. Some knocks I have against LaShawn McCoy. I'm sorry, Jamal Charles. Kansas City's turning over three offensive linemen, so that's a big question mark. He's getting up there in age. He did have a lot of touches in last year. And one thing that's a reality is he, he signed his big contract. He got his money. So now where where's his motivation at? Where's his head at? Um, you know, that those are questions that have to be answered for me, the guy that's number one on my board is LaShawn McCoy. I think that what Chip Kelly was able to do in Philadelphia, what Nick Foles was able to do in Philadelphia, you know, they're running a lot of plays. He's getting a lot of touches. And I just think that this is the guy for me that's number one on my board at running back. And I think...
0: calling all sports fans. There's only one place to go to get all your sports news information, radio shows, sports talk, anything that you want to do, that's RFSN, the Real Fan Sports Network. Log on to realfansportsnetwork.com to hear shows from across the country. And, of course, make sure you can hear this show on the Real Fan Sports Network. Go to TuneIn Radio on the TuneIn Radio app and search for RFSN to get sports talk 24-7 from a fan's perspective. That's the Real Fan Sports Network, realfansportsnetwork.com.
1: All right, we're back on the air. A few technical difficulties there. But as I was saying before uh, we went off, LaShawn McCoy is my number one uh, running back, number one player overall. I think he's got a huge upside. I think he's got a lot going on with him. And I think Philadelphia with Nick Foles firmly established as a starter for the entire offseason. That's going to go a long way for them. Um, so that that covers uh, the... Uh, top end of the running back board. Another guy I like a lot, um, so so I would put McCoy first, Jamal Charles second, Adrian Peterson third. I know people are going to have a lot to say about that. Um, As far as the next guy on the board, I like Matt Forte. I like what the Bears are doing. Um, I like Jay Cutler this year, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. I think they've got a lot of potential in Chicago. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities to run the ball, catch the ball. So, so there's another running back I like a lot. Uh, next for me, DeMarco Murray. Pending injuries, obviously. I mean, you want him to to stay healthy, to uh, continue to, to stay on the field. But I think he's somebody last year, and he ended up with 1,124 yards, nine touchdowns, 66 targets in the passing game. He's somebody that's going to have another good season. Um And then that's where it gets interesting. So for me, you've got McCoy, Charles, Peterson, and Murray. I'm sorry, Forte and Murray. So there's your top five. And for me, that's where, you know, if you can get one of those guys, you're pretty well locked in. That's that's where you want to stay in your top five. You're guaranteed of uh, production out of those guys. And then once you clear that, it, it gets a little more interesting. I think at that point, now you're getting into some more uh, questions and guessing on what you're going to get out of guys. So, you know, a lot of people are high on Monty Ball in Denver. You've got LeVon, uh, Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh, Marshawn Lynch, obviously workhorse in Seattle, Eddie Lacy, who I do like a lot, Doug Martin, Giovanni Bernard, uh, Toby Gerhardt. These are all names that are being thrown around at this point. And the question is really who do you think is going uh, to come out on top and who's going to be the next, kind of in that second tier after the top five. I think Eddie Lacy is somebody I like a lot at number six, and, uh, you know, he's somebody that I've produced a lot as a rookie. So it looks like we have our first guest. We're going to go ahead and bring him on the show. You're on uh, a couple extra points fantasy special.
2: Hey, Scott, it's Hakun. How are you?
1: Great. How are you doing?
2: Great, great! Thanks for having me on here. I just wanted to, I've been uh, wanted to, to get you guys some uh, info on some sleepers, and I thought it might be a good time to jump in because you're talking about who's going to go after those first couple rounds for those running backs, those coveted running backs, and uh, and those high-end wide receivers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was just talking about the the top end. You know, once you get past for me, uh, Charles McCoy, Peterson, Forte, Murray. You know then, then, at that point it's uh, it 's a crap shoot at who's going who 's going to be there at that kind of early round running back and even deeper so how How do you see the running backs position kind of after those guaranteed top five or six guys
2: well you know it's it 's a tough it 's a tough sell after that. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head here i mean you got those guys who are definitely bell cows who are going to get tons of touches, tons of targets, and then you got other people out there who have this kind of upside that 's done it before but has had some trouble repeating, and I like to, you know, like Arian Foster and Doug Martin – I mean, those guys have had big years, but then you have the situation where they had kind of down years or they had injuries, and then you kind of wonder, can they recreate the magic? Can they be that first-round pick all over again? Uh, and my answer to that is, you know, who knows? But it's somebody to keep in the radar, and that second round, it could be a real steal. You get somebody like that. And then the other option, of course, is you go for the new guy, and I think you mentioned one of them earlier tonight, and that's LeVan Bell, for instance, uh, one of the new guys, Zach Stacey, one of the new guys, fought through injuries in the past. But was able to have productive partial years, and you wonder, well, you know, can they do it through a whole year? And uh, you know, those are guys that you might want to look in the second round as well. And then you got some of the mainstays like Alfred Morris, who are not going to wow anybody. But you know, as RG3 improves, become healthier with Djax out there now, and. Redskins land, and you have uh, you have uh, you know all the different weapons that are going to be floating around out there. You know, can can he actually make it happen again as well? Can he be productive uh, now that RG3 is 100 percent? And then I like to throw out some real kind of lob passes. And I know these guys are high on people's lists, but Monte Ball. I mean, we've been burnt by him before. I mean, at least I was. I was burned in almost every league last year before because of Monte Ball. And I don't know what your experience with that was, but boy, you know, it was it was really terrible having him as a second or third round draft pick. But I think he might be worth it this year. You know, you never know. It could. It might not. You might have another No. Marino sneak out of nowhere, but he could be some high upside here. And then you got like Giovanni Bernard, who's just, uh, I mean, he's just so dynamic, you know, and who knows what's going to happen out there. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton got paid way too much money. But honestly, I mean, if that motivates him to be consistent and if it keeps A.J. Green happy, then who knows? Maybe that will open it up and maybe Giovanni Bernard will get more than 40% of the touches. He could be worth a high-end pick too.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned Monty Ball, who everybody was high on last year. I actually went, uh, the other way, and I I went with Nosha Moreno in a couple of weeks <laughs> and and got lucky there. That yeah, that's him,
2: that's a you know that's a tough call in. too.
1: Yeah, he- heading into this season, Monty Ball was getting a lot of love, but now, you know, he's out with this appendix, which you know isn't a huge issue as far as recovery, but it's going to keep him off the field for the entire preseason. You know, how does how do you see Peyton Manning kind of gaining a, a comfort level with this guy when they're not going to be able to be on the field at all?
2: Well, I think that's a really good question, and I think the problem here is that Ronnie Hillman, C.J. Anderson, they're not really any better at pass protection. And you know, mm. arguably, uh, Peyton's been kind of talking him up, but he's been saying things like he thought that Monte was been picking up, you know, the blitz packages better. He's been doing a little better pass protection, uh, so you know, that, and that's been his biggest problem. So. Uh, I think the problem here for Peyton is that Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson aren't better, so when you got to look at what you have in front of you, um, I mean, the reason why Noshaw Marino was so successful is because he was the best best pass protector there. It wasn't because he was the best running back. No, I, I don't think that's true at all. I think it's just he was the best pass protector. So when you have him in there and you're keeping Peyton upright, he's going to be happy. You're going to get the ball two or three times, and if you're scoring every single time, you're going to get half those touchdowns. So you know I, I think that Monte Ball being out with his appendectomy i don 't think it 's going to be more than um, you know a couple of weeks it, obviously he 's going to have to get a little bit better into shape after he gets back and from the uh, from the surgery but it 's not a big it 's not a big time surgery it 's not something that should impact his skill set. Uh, and as long as he's been just studying in the off season and getting his pass protection down, I, I don't see it really impacting him significantly once he gets back on the field. And, and, and like, let me be clear, not because I think he's that fantastic, but because I think the other options aren't that good.
1: Right. Another guy you mentioned here, that, I, and I'm looking at the second who's in a shot I'm expecting to see this. The number, let me see where he's one, two, three. The running back was the fourth most yards last season was alfred morris all <laughs> right i i didn't he had 1200 in that fourth day. now this the really interesting part is he had 12 targets in the passing game not receptions targets so here's the guy you yeah. mentioned who you know 1235 yards and seven touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at however mm-hmm. You know, in this new, uh, new NFL that we're in, his his uh, his reception is ridiculous. I mean, you're talking about, you know, uh, Jamal Charles had almost 700 yards receiving. So here's a guy with 1,235 rushing yards, and that puts him at 15th overall back in terms of total fantasy points, strictly because he just so that, that's kind of an interesting, you know, guy who's. Uh, going to catch or ran the ball a lot. Now, what happens this year? Now that the Shanahan's are out of there, that's a big
2: question. what's well, Yeah. Well, that's a that's a very good question. I mean, I guess that's, that's Jay Gruden out there now. I mean, it's you know it's very interesting. Um, his his Alfred Morris has always been a good runner, and they've never used him in um, in the passing game. I, you know, in some ways, I really do think that helps a little bit. I, I think that for the most part, Jay Gruden's going to kind of keep. A little bit of Mike Shanahan's old run game concepts, I think it's going to be very similar. I mean, he's kind of said that. Um, They know what they have in Alfred Morris, and they know that with a running, scrambling type quarterback like RG3, the way to keep defenses honest is they have a running back who can carry the ball three downs. And I think that's what Alfred Morris is. I mean, he's he's not going to be his um, he's not going to be his safety valve. He's not going to be his dump off guy. He's going to be in planned rundowns and he's going to be in planned pass protection. And I think that's that's what he excels in. And I, in some ways, I think that's helpful for him because he doesn't have to think too much about which way he's going to go and, and he's going to get his yards every time. You know, it's either going to be. I mean, it can run almost. I'm not going to call it an option, but it is somewhat of an option for him to kind of. You know, pitch it if he needs to, and Alfred Morris can make some uh, make some yards on that, make po- positives out of negatives. So you bring up a great point, but that's why he's not Jamal Charles. That's why he's not going to go in the first round. But if you're talking about somebody very late second, early third, could be a pretty good value as your second running back.
1: Yeah, yeah, somebody definitely keep an eye on. Well, before we move on to the wide receivers, let's let, Do you have anybody really deep? Like I'm talking. 30s, 40s deep that you've got an eye on that uh, you think might be somebody to to uh, make some noise this year in, in fantasy.
2: Well, so I in the running back side, I mean, I have to. It's not he's not super super deep, and I have to admit he's starting to climb the charts now pretty quickly. But it's Andre Williams over in the in the Giants. I mean, his his average yeah. draft position in Yahoo was 118.5, but that's climbed at least 20 spots like in the last day and a half. So I have a feeling that he may not be much of a sleeper much longer. And I think the problem is that you look at Rashad Jennings and you say, well, what can he do? And Rashad Jennings is uh, probably the man who's going to have the job when he starts. Since David Wilson is now out, and I will say a word that David Wilson, you know, I feel bad for the guy, but he said on his in his uh, tweet, you know, don't pity me. I'm I'm, I'm very uh, appreciative of the opportunities I had. He's a He's a very—I mean—it's a great way that he's walked away from the game, and I, I think he's a great personality and a great player. It's too bad we won't see what he'll be able to do, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to see that he was able—he wasn't—he wasn't injured so much that he couldn't uh, continue on and, do, and pursue his other pursuits, as he said in his his press release. But that being said, Rashad Jennings, you know, he's more of a pass catching back. You know, we saw how he was used during their first preseason game. And the way they did it was they kind of split time between Jennings and Williams. They kind of used Williams as kind of a bowling ball almost, kind of a north south runner, used Jennings as kind of a uh, a, a safety valve-slash-bubble-screen type of, type of runner. And I think that Williams is going to get all the goal-lines carries. I think he, he's just built for that, not much more than Rashad Jennings is. So as long as he can demonstrate some pass protection, I think he's going to be out there for some early downs as well. He'll get his yards. I can see him getting around 600 to 700 yards on the ground, rushing maybe about... Fifty or so receiving, not a whole lot because he's not a hands guy. But I can see him picking up sixty-eight touchdowns just because he's coaching those when they get down to the end zone.
1: Yeah, that's definitely uh, and uh, somebody to keep an eye on, like you said, with Wilson moving. And it'll be interesting to see how things go in preseason. We got an early look at the the Giants getting that Hall of Fame game. We'll see how they can uh, get things rolling. So let's let's move on to the wide receiver position. I think. It's pretty well uh, established that wide receiver is extremely deep. Um, the last couple of years, especially with the, the league going to a full-on you know, spread for wide receiver passing attack, there just seems to be a ton of guys. Uh, the names at the top are pretty obvious. Uh, Calvin Johnson, Demarius Thomas, that's Brian A.J. Green. But once we get past that kind of really top elite tier, uh, what are some names that jump out that jump out to you?
2: Well, you know, I'm going to go, since you, since you we've been kind of established here, and I totally agree, wide receiver is incredibly deep this year. I want, I want to throw you some, some real deep sleepers. You know, first of all, one that's not so much of a deep sleeper, he's starting to catch on a little bit more. It's a rookie, Brandon Cooks in New Orleans. His average draft position is 112.9. He's been kind of zipping up from all the, all the videos coming out of camp right now. I mean, he's a real burner. You know, he gets the ball, and he's gone. He's better than Sproles. He works as hard as Welker. He's going to get his yards. You know, Colston is kind of aging now. Jimmy Graham can't catch every pass. You know, Drew Brees is just too good to be anchored to one target. So, you know, he's not going to be zoning in on one of these guys, which is good for Brandon Cooks in his first year. But you know what? One quarter of Brees, probably better than half of most other quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, honestly, one other interesting thing about Brandon Cooks is he has not missed a game since high school. I mean this guy is absolutely durable and I can see him really coming up pretty big as your, you know, third or fourth wide receiver, you know, 100 you know, a 112 pick. That's pretty late that's pretty late in the draft already, you know, second to last round of the draft. He's definitely worth a flyer at that point as your wide receiver, five or if you were stocking up in other positions, a wide receiver four upside, you know, 900 yards, four or five TDs. I can see that as being very reasonable for him.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. there's
2: two no, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on Brandon Cooks, but I have two really deep sleepers that I'd like to talk about, too.
1: Okay, go ahead. Lay, lay them on
2: it. So the two, the two that and are not, not super – I say really deep, but everyone's heard these names before. I mean, number one – and they're, both of these guys are being drafted outside of the top 130 picks. So these guys are being average draft position today in Yahoo outside of the, the entire draft. They're not even being drafted. Andrew Hawkins. Wide receiver in Cleveland, Mike Williams. Wide receiver in Buffalo. I'm going to start in reverse order. Mike Williams. We've seen what he can do. We've seen what he could do in Tampa in 2010 and in 2012. You know, and we, he had great years, almost a thousand yards. He averaged, you know, seven to nine, ten touchdowns. That that is a good year for a really good receiver now he had some bad years last year was particularly bad 2011 was a down year hey if we're going to follow the trend 2014 every even year he gets big but now he's in buffalo he's got sammy watkins there he's got robert woods there he's actually leading robert woods in the depth chart right now uh, he could have a resurgent year uh, i think you know with ej Manuel's is not great but Mike Williams operates well down the field, and he operates really well as a big red zone target. And in bubble screens, E.J. Manuel is always in trouble. I can see him dumping down, try, trying to set up some bubble screens to create to, to release the pressure a little bit. I think Mike Williams could have a really resurgent year here in Buffalo. I mean, they really don't have any other options there ever since they got rid of Stevie Johnson. And as far as uh, Andrew Hawkins is concerned, I mean, that's kind of just a gut feel here. I mean, again, not drafted in average uh, Yahoo leagues, but, uh, you know, there's no Josh Gordon there. I mean, he's going to get his uh, decision soon. I don't think he's going to get on the field this year. If so, it's going to be very, very late in the year. So there's going to be many more targets to go around. And, you know, let's face it, um, they don't really have anything outside of Jordan Cameron as far as catching the ball. And and even Jordan Cameron has shoulder issues right now, so we don't even know how he's going to be when he gets on the field. I know he's not cleared to play the first preseason game. So, you know, it's going to be a dink and dunk offense. I mean, Brian Hoyer, uh, he's, he was good last year. He's coming off that injury. Johnny Football, who, you know what, I just let me just say, I'm so sick of finding out where Johnny Football is eating lunch every day. I mean, can they stop following that guy around? I mean, he's very interesting, but much more important football news out there than what Johnny Football is having for breakfast. You know, he's not going to be any much better. I mean, he's, he's, let's face it, he's... A little bit of a shorter running back. He likes to scramble, make things happen with his feet. Uh, We saw what happens when you have like a Tim Tebow doing something like that in in the NFL. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. Uh, He's going to get hurt playing the way he does. uh, And he's not going to have time to go downfield, which is a perfect situation for Andrew Hawkins, who likes to play across the middle and likes to play in the slot. I mean, he's perfect for dink and dunk offenses. I think whether it be Hoyer or Johnny Football, I think they're going to get the ball to him. He's going to make plays happen. He'll have plenty of yards. He'll be better in a PPR, definitely better in a PPR. But I can see him get 700 yards and, you know, a handful of touchdowns, four or five touchdowns. So, I mean, those guys you can get at the end of your draft. I mean, Brandon Cook's definitely sometime in the 12th round. Andrew Hawkins, Mike Williams, not even drafted. You know, take a flyer on one of these guys in the last round of your draft.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you on all those guys. Mike Williams especially, you know, he has proven talent. He's in a situation where he's going to get targets if E.J. Manuel can just throw the ball to his receivers. And in Cleveland, absolutely. I mean, they need somebody to throw the ball. Um, I have said since Johnny Manziel was in college that he's not going to survive in the NFL. I think um, there's some rumblings about him getting some play with the ones this Saturday against Detroit. And mm-hmm. as a Lions fan, I would love to see uh, Sue and Fairley give this guy an introduction to uh, what it's like to play against NFL talent on the uh, defensive Absolutely. line. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those guys, and, and that's interesting. You know, you've got a, You've got a guy like Mike Williams, undraftable, who you know, could put up legitimate numbers in, in, a, in a fantasy league and, and Andrew Hawkins, There's no reason. Somebody's got to catch the ball, like you said, in Cleveland. And uh, there's guys, you know, for me that I keep an eye on kind of deep is uh, Kelvin Benjamin in Carolina. You know, there's Mm. a situation where Cam Newton's going to throw the ball, he's going to throw some touchdowns. Somebody's got to catch it. And this is a guy who's, uh, you know, going real deep in the league. You know, you're talking 10th, 11th, 12th round, maybe undrafted. Um, Mm. So there's just so much depth. Uh, a at, at wide receiver, it's really about, you know, the strategy in your draft could be to collect these guys. You know, after you get your starters figured out, you know, you collect two or three of these wide receivers on your bench and, you know, maybe if Terrence Williams blows up that you're getting in the eighth, ninth round or you know, then we didn't even talk about the rookies I and mean, you got Mike Evans there in Tampa. Where's he gonna go? Uh Sammy Watkins right. I think has got way too much name recognition to slip. I think people are going to be you know, probably overdrafting Watkins, which which isn't too fair to him. But, um, you know, there's just so many opportunities for playmakers. It's it's really interesting as you, you know, as I look down the the depth chart at wide receiver, I'm thinking, you know, I'll get one of these top guys, and then there's any number of 40 guys that I wouldn't mind, you know, having on my board.
2: Yeah, no, I, and, and I, I love you mentioned Calvin Benjamin. Uh, I love that. I mean, he is tall, he is big, he is a huge target in the red zone. You know, I mean, just a huge target. And, and uh, I can see him just. You know, I don't see him putting up tons of yards, but he could just be a big, big red zone guy. I mean, I I can see him going 600 yards. You know, and picking up five or six touchdowns. And and that's a, if you pick up a guy like that uh, in the last round of your draft. I mean, you're you're sitting pretty.
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the quarterback position. Um, you know, in a standard 10-team league quarterback, there, there's a lot of them out there, a lot of them available. Uh, a lot of people are playing two quarterback leagues, which which uh, I do quite a bit. I, I enjoy that format. I think it helps spread things out. But from the quarterback situation, we've got the, the normal, you know, usual suspects the last 10 years at the top of the draft, Manning, Green. Uh, these guys – Who are some quarterbacks that you've got your eye on sort of in that mid-to-late round that might be able to produce the top five? fantasy?
2: um, I'm going to start with uh, my uh, my biased personal favorite, Jay Cutler. I mean, his average draft position is 111.3. I mean, he's going, standard league's going 12th round. I mean, that's Second-to-last round for somebody like Jay Cutler. Now, I'm not saying that Jay Cutler is going to be Jay Cutler from his Denver days. He hasn't been elite since those days. But someone has to get the ball to the scorching duo of Brandon Marshall and Ashlawn Jeffrey. And Matt Forte is going to put up tons of yards over the air. So, I mean, honestly – uh, with everyone healthy this year, and Tressman kind of remaining at the helm, you know Cutler can be a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. I mean, he's going to make his mistakes. He's going to throw interceptions, but he's going to get plenty of passing yards. He's going to get plenty of touchdowns. Um, you know, last year the uh, the Bears, and and part of it was Josh McCown and, and the Tressman magic. You know, the, they were just, they were tied for the second most pass yards in the NFL. I mean, that's. That's insane. You know, the Bears, give me a break. But now that you have these amazing weapons in the air, I can see Jay Cutler being just a a very serviceable, fantastic starting quarterback in your one-quarterback league or a steal for two-quarterback leagues. I mean, I can see him putting up 3,600 to 3,800 yards passing. That's not going to be tough for him to get. But, like, 30 TDs, that's very possible when you have such a dynamic duo like Marshall and Jeffrey out there.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with you on Cutler. I've actually been waiting for him to have this breakout season. Uh, the last couple I was really hot on him a couple of years ago, and he let me down. But uh, I mean, you're you're right on. I had Alshon Jeffrey last year. Uh, he helped lead me to a championship. He's got these amazing targets. Uh, he's got a running game. He's got an offensive-minded coach. I mean, really, the, the excuses are over. I think for him in Chicago at this point, there's there's really no you know no complaints for
2: him. Right. No, you're, I agree. I think this is it. I mean, if he can't do it with this setup, with this coach, you know, with these wide receivers and this running back with this offensive line, then it's him. It's on him. It's not. It's not on the system. It's not on the bit players. It's not on any component on the offense. It, it's completely on on Jay Cutler. And uh, and we all know that he doesn't have enough personality to keep his job based on that. So he's got to perform this year, uh, or else it's going to be uh, it's going to be hell to pay in Chicago. Uh, and I could say, you know, if you, you want somebody super, super deep, if you want, this is definitely, I think, a steal in the two-quarterback league um, because I just looked at where he was going in drafts, and I'm like, well, this is somebody you can keep an eye on. You know, Carson Palmer, you know, very quietly, had a very decent year. Now, he throws a ton of INTs, no, no doubt about that, and his arm strength is getting weaker. But you got Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd out there. I mean, that's another wide receiver tandem that's going to be amazing. Now, keep in mind, like, the last time Larry Fitzgerald was Larry Fitzgerald when he played with Anquan Bolden. Now you think, well, Michael Floyd is a lot like Anquan Bolden. He's a big body. He has a big vertical. He can get downfield. That opens things up for the athletic Larry Fitzgerald. I think that Carson Palmer, you know, those guys are going to be great as wide receivers. Someone's got to get them the ball. They're not getting it from nowhere. And Carson Palmer can't be that guy. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be amazing, but I think he's going to get tons of yards. You know, forty-four hundred, forty-five hundred yards. I can totally see him doing that. Uh, on the other side of it, I don't think he's scoring a ton of TDs, and I see him getting a lot of INTs. But at the end of the day, you need a second quarterback in a two-quarterback league. I, you could do a lot worse than Carson Palmer, and he is not. He's going one hundred and thirty-three point nine average draft position. He's not even draftable right now. So you know, you, get, you pick him up on the last round to fill out that second quarterback spot. Uh, I think that would be a steal. Yeah,
1: last year, last year Palmer had forty-two hundred. 74 yards, puts him about six most passing yards in the league, 24 mm. touchdowns, nothing to sneeze at, but the mm-hmm. 22 interceptions. I mean, if you can cut right. those down, you know, you could get 4,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, and, and even 15 interceptions. You're talking about a top 10 quarterback. Um, right. Yeah, that you're going to get way, way, way down in the, in the, in the draft. Um, Right,
2: and I I like to make the analogy here, I mean, he's not Kurt Warner, okay, Kurt Warner was a far better quarterback, far more accurate, uh, far far better QBIQ, but akin to the entire, you know, Kurt Warner thing uh, six, seven years ago, you know, that undrafted, kind of sat out there, fantastic wide outs, you know, just got the numbers.
1: Yep, Absolutely. Well, any other names you want to drop before we move on to the tight ends and and
2: uh... well, I'll I'll throw will throw a controversial QB out there just because of the fact that uh, you know I, I know that not everyone likes him and particularly people from the town in which he's playing for Andy Dalton. Yeah, you know, so Andy Dalton, he's a pariah because of the fact that he sucks in the real playoffs. I mean, let's face it, no one implodes more than Andy Dalton in the real playoffs. But luckily for everybody in, in fantasy football, you don't need him for the real playoffs. You just need him for the fake playoffs. So, you know, honestly, he's undrafted right now. You know, 123.3. He's going basically in the 13th round. He's boomer bust. He had some amazing, amazing games last year. I mean, I, I, you know, you, there was a streak there, if you recall, when he was, you know, 300, 300 yards plus every week for, like, four or five weeks in a row, week six to week nine, what I'm looking at right now. And and for a while, he was getting three touchdowns, three touchdowns. I mean, he was really just lighting it up, just completely lighting it up. And then he kind of fell off the cliff a little bit, you know, and, and that's why I say he's, he's a big boomer bust guy. Uh, but AJ Green is really good, and I really do think that there's going to be some improvement uh, at the tight end position. I'm a real big fan of Tyler Eifert. He's a very he's a very good, excellent pass catching tight end. I see Jermaine Gresham probably staying in the mix, but um, with him, with the uh, with the two tight ends, with AJ Green, with Giovanni Bernard catching some passes and making some plays. Dalton can be a serviceable second QB, you know, or or somebody who can be your backup QB for bye weeks. You know, I mean, he's not going to be amazing, but 3,600 pass yards, I think he could probably, you know, get around 28 to 30 TDs this year.
1: Well, here's a stat that may surprise you or at least some of the listeners. Andy Dalton was the fifth highest rated fantasy quarterback last season.
2: 4,300 oh, well, yards. You go.
1: 33 touchdowns. He had more fantasy points than Philip Rivers, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, Tony Romo, Ben Roethlisberger, Nick Foles. I mean, this guy trailed only the the top of the the elite of the elite. Now that, of course, like you said, was over the entire season. He had some really big games that kind of helped us solidify that. But, you know. I, I think you would have won a bet if you was to ask somebody if Andy Dalton, you know, finished top five in fantasy last year. You, there's not many people that that would have uh, guessed that.
2: Yeah, no, uh, you know, that does surprise me. I I had Andy Dalton as my second QB last year, and I was uh, I was livid the week that he put up 325 yards and five touchdowns, and then the next week I decided to play him, and he put up 300 uh 300 yards and three interceptions. So you know it's <laughs> it's one of those guys he he throughout the year you're absolutely right he's going to rack those things up and sometimes he is just going to be amazing and sometimes he's not. But that's why he's going that late and if you're getting him in the 13th round as your second QB for a 2 QB league or as your backup QB, I think that's a I think that's a steal. Yep,
1: yeah, and and the guy that not to digress too much, but the guy that that does the same for me at least on the the running back side is Chris Johnson. He's somebody mm-hmm. that you just gotta put in, close your eyes, and just write him out because he's gonna have up and down season he's gonna have a mm-hmm. yep. take the good with the bad, and at the end of the year, you know you end up with a top ten guy, but from week to week, if at least for me, if I try to play. You know who to start, who not to start. I always guess wrong, and I end up with, <laughs> with 30 points on the bench. So, um, but, it, exactly. but anyway, so we'll go ahead and wrap up with the tight end. Um, you know, this is a position that's been getting a lot of press lately with the guys at the very, very top end: Jimmy Graham, uh, Julius Thomas. You know, Rob Gronkowski's back, Jordan Cameron. Um, but actually, get through there. You know, there's some guys. I, I've got some guys that are on my list as interesting, but I'm. I'm Interested to hear who's got your attention heading into the season.
2: Well, this is going to be this is going to be interesting because I you know I'd love to get your take on this one because this is drawing from because I know how you like to get down on your own team. Uh, I I really do like Eric Ebron. I really think that you know he's right now being drafted 128.1, so that's last round basically. He's still currently behind Brandon Pettigrew and Joseph Foria on the uh, on the depth chart. But hey, he was a tenth overall pick. He's a spectacular pass catcher. He was a spectacular pass catcher in uh, in college. He has the body, the build, the play uh, the playability of Vernon Davis. I really think that although he will probably split some time. Um, he's great as a late-round flyer because once Detroit figures out that he's their best option, that Brendan Pettigrew should just hit the waiver wire, I mean, they should just get rid of that guy, that that he could be a lottery ticket that hits really big. You know, I, I can see that happening. And, and particularly if you look at how uh, Detroit likes to get the ball to different people in the end zone, they love to hit tight ends in the end zone. I mean, that was basically Fourier's only value last year. I mean, if, if Ebron can pick up some of that in a couple of yards, like, he could be a, a real sleeper.
1: And and uh, as far as Pettigrew goes, how the Lions decided to sign him to an extension this offseason is completely <laughs> beyond me. And then yep. to turn to turn right around and take this guy as as your uh, top ten pick, and yep. then turn around from there and release Chris Houston is just complete and utter mismanagement. But but not to get too far off. I think uh, Ebron, you're right. It is going to be just a matter of time before he he kind of rises to the top there in Detroit. Um, and the the reality is they they have not been able to figure out their wide receiver position. For as much um, you know hype as Chris Johnson gets, if you really look at what they've done in the wide receiver position, it's been a disaster after him for years and years. With you know, Titus Young, with Nate Prosser not being able to stay on the field, I mean they just they just go through these uh, receivers um, like crazy, and they just cannot keep guys on the field. And Golden Tate is not the answer in my mind. So, you know, they would be, you know, running two tight ends may be where they end up with um, some combination of Pettigrew, Ebron, and uh, Fourier. They, they are going to need it because they just cannot get their wide receiver position figured out. But so that's an interesting one. We'll find out uh, Saturday night what, what kind of play he gets.
2: Yeah, I I'd be. Uh, it's always tough because those uh, the, those rookies always kind of kind of get eased into it, and then uh, if they're in the spotlight, like some spotlight, like someone like Ebron, you know, you might get. A, it, we saw it with Sammy. You know, saw it with Sammy Watkins. You know, they saw a lot of forced passes. They're just trying to make things happen, try to get him the ball. You know, I, and I kind of feel like we might see a little bit of that as well. You know, here's a shiny new toy. Let me let's show him off on national television. Um, but you, yeah, we'll, we'll start to see if they decide to run some two tight end sets. I mean, there have been some very, very successful teams running two tight ends, two pass catching tight ends. You know, uh, let's, you know the Patriots <laughs> are, are are the the model for that. You know, so I can see them doing that in Detroit, and and in turn, I can see that uh, kind of boosting Stafford's value pretty dramatically.
1: Yes, and another guy who I wouldn't say is a sleeper much anymore, which I'm sure is on your radar, is Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota is just getting mm-hmm. a ton of love right now at the tight end position. And uh, I, I think he's going to be one that's pushing his way up into a top five tight end um, before oh, yeah. too long in the draft. I uh,
2: I love Kyle Rudolph. I mean, uh, now I'm biased. He went to Notre Dame. I, I saw him play at Notre Dame a lot, and uh, he was the man. I mean, the guy is tall, he's athletic, He's uh, elusive. I mean, he's a, and he's actually not a bad uh, blocker as well. So I mean, he could stay on the, the field basically all all four downs, uh, and he can be there to break off as if he was a slot receiver. He could be there to stay in and block. I mean, he can be all over the place. So I I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think the the expectations were too high uh, last year and therefore he was a little bit overdrafted. I think they've settled down now. He's at the point where he's going to go cheap, and then he just got a long-term deal uh, not too long ago, I think he's going to be really good, um, and, and I had no doubt about that. In the, and in the same vein, someone who plays very similar to him, who is not drafted, and I'm not suggesting you draft him, but keep an eye on him, is, is Tyler Eifert, who I mentioned before. He's, he came out of the same system at Notre Dame. He plays exactly the same position as Kyle Rudolph. He slid right in there in the exact same offense. And he does almost identical things. The only thing that Tyler Eifert has as a problem is Jermaine Gresham is still there. But you know, if Gresham gets released, if Gresham gets traded, if something happens to Jermaine Gresham, you know, Tyler Eifert can be that freebie Kyle Rudolph that Kyle Rudolph was two years ago.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, All right. Well, um, I appreciate you calling in. Any any names you want to drop on your way out? To to, uh,
2: yeah, let me let me drop one more. One more name for you on the way out, as far as uh, as far as players are concerned, because I, I really think that um, you know he's only going to be overshadowed a little bit because he's in San Diego, uh, and we're talking about tight ends, Ladarius Green. I mean, he didn't yep. do anything, uh, you know, for the first eleven games, ten games or so, and then he kind of dropped off a little bit after that. But let's all face it, you know, Antonio Ga- Antonio Gates is not Antonio Gates anymore. Um, Ladarius Green is just amazingly athletic. Um, if he can get out there and run routes with Antonio Gates or split time with Antonio Gates, he could be a serious upside guy, and he's not even being drafted right now. So another guy to just keep on the radar, or if you need to take a flyer at the end or you didn't get one of the top tight ends, you want to take a flyer, I think Ladarius Green is someone to keep an eye on.
1: Oh, we're back now. Um, sorry about that, Harkoon. We had some technical difficulties there. <laughs> no, sorry
2: about that, no problem, no problem. So anyway, that that's uh that's basically that so I just dropped the name of the Darius Green, Just to keep him on your radar. Just my parting shot, just a, a freebie there for anybody who misses on the top tight ends. I think he has some some big upside.
1: All right, yeah. Sounds sounds great. Yeah. So do you want to give everybody uh a quick um quick way to find you and follow you out there with all your uh, great fantasy and, and NFL picks and, and insights.
2: Absolutely. You should, uh, you should definitely follow not only me, but the both of us, because we're at hashtag fxp mock as we're mocking our way through the first 13 rounds of the draft and uh, giving out a little bit of tidbits of people that we like to take late. So you want more of what we got now, this is I think this is a great way to get more of it over the next couple of days and, and, and see who we've picked so far. And uh, if you want to follow me directly at Twitter, it's at R-H-I-H-A-N, at Rehan. You can go ahead and sign up, and I promise not to completely engulf you of junk. Uh, I will just give you uh, a junk only, uh, you know, once a day or twice a day.
1: All right, well, sounds good. Well, I appreciate right. you calling in, Hakun, and we'll uh, go ahead and
2: wrap up that mock and uh, see how we fare. Great. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. And let's get psyched. We're almost there. We're only around the corner. Football season's in the air. Take That's it easy. Right.
1: Players are on the field. Yes, thanks. thanks for yep. calling in.
2: Okay, bye-bye.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break and then uh, wrap up the show here on uh, the Football Extra Points Fantasy Special.
0: Calling all sports fans. There's only one place to go to get all your sports news information, radio shows, sports talk, anything that you want to do, that's RFSN, the Real Fan Sports Network. Log on to realfansportsnetwork.com to hear shows from across the country. And, of course, make sure you can hear this show on the Real Fan Sports Network. Go to TuneIn Radio on the TuneIn Radio app and search for RFSN to get sports talk 24-7 from a fan's perspective. That's the Real Fan Sports Network, realfansportsnetwork.com.
1: All right, you're listening to the Football Extra Points Fantasy Football Special. I'm your host, Scott King, creator of footballextrapoints.com. We just had a great guest on with us, Hakun, who's the managing editor for us over at footballextrapoints.com. Went through some of his sleepers and and had some great discussion. We've got a few minutes left in the show. I'm going to go quickly through some points that I wanted to hit on before we wrap. Um, To hit on the quarterback position, um, won a championship last year with Peyton Manning. Outstanding, obviously, record-breaking season, uh, 55 touchdowns. uh, But I will not be drafting him number one overall quarterback this year. I think he's due for a down year. Quarterbacks cannot uh, return from such a high output, obviously. I think Drew Brees is your consistent number one quarterback this year. He's number one on my board. Uh, Cam Newton, who has just been nothing but consistent since he got into the league, top four, uh, three or four. Uh, quarterback in fantasy. He's going to keep turning out the numbers, and uh, he's, he's my number two guy. And then I'll go ahead and drop in Manning there. And then you've got Luck, Old, um, some of the other um, kind of usual suspects at the quarterback position. Uh, went through the running back at the top end, talked about some sleepers. Uh, just another note at the running back position, as a Lions fan, I will not be touching the Lions backfield this year. I think it's a complete mess trying to figure out who's going to come out on top. I think in real football on the field, it's going to be a great situation, but in fantasy, it's going to drive owners nuts. At uh, the wide receiver position, there's the uh, Mayor's Thomas, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Dez Brian A.J. Green, all at the top. Uh, you got Marshall and Jeffrey to keep an eye on. Um, I like Percy Harvin this year. I think it's going to be interesting to see him in the full season in Seattle. Keenan Allen had a breakout year. Keep an eye on him, not so sure. Um, you know, Jeremy Macklin's good, good for a good year. Wes Welker, I'm shying away from concussion issues. As we get deeper, I like Pierre Garçon. Um, getting even deeper now into the draft. I like Eric Decker in, in New York. Uh, I mentioned before Calvin Benjamin that I like. Riley Cooper's interesting. Reggie Wayne is interesting to me. Uh, so there's some guys, Terrence Williams. I mean, these guys are way down on the draft board here and uh, guys that really interest me a lot at wide receiver. Um, We've touched on the tight end position. If you don't get one of these top guys, Jimmy Graham, Julius Thomas, Jordan Cameron, Gronkowski, even a Kyle Rudolph, I mean, for me at that point, I'm going to draft these guys late because the difference between Greg Olson and Tyler Eifert is nothing in my mind. So, um, you know, we mentioned some guys, um, Ladarius Green, uh, you know, uh, let's see who else we got way down here. Brent Selick, Eric Ebron, who Hakun brought up. I and mean, these guys you can get at any point in the draft. So no reason to jump on a tight end. Uh, we're not going to spend too much time on kickers because they're irrelevant. Um, but not really. But, I mean, you, you're going to get your kickers and swap them out. Defensive-wise, you know, Seattle's up there. Arizona, San Francisco. Denver, Cincinnati, Chicago—kind of the usual suspects. So that's uh, a look at the position by position. As far as draft strategy in a standard 10-team league, I think we're—you know—you're at a a running back, wide receiver. Wide receiver is a good, good uh, um, strategy there at the top of the board. But really, you could go wide receiver, running back, wide receiver. Uh, You really need to be looking at who's available. There's no point in reaching for Doug Martin if uh, A.J. Green is still on the board. I, I mean, you're going to get so much more production out of the wide receiver's position than you are the running back. Um, you know, Toby Gearhouse is getting a lot of love. I, I don't know if I buy into that. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, you know, is kind of disgruntled out there in Seattle. So we'll see where he goes. So make sure you're just being smart on your draft. And if you're in a standard 10-team league, you can get quarterbacks late. If you're in a two-quarterback league, um, you know maybe you need to go earlier on a quarterback. Make sure you're checking your your league settings. A lot of people start um, playing some pretty custom settings, and I've seen guys who you know maybe missed out on some PPR um, stuff because they're not real clear on it, or maybe they um, you know just aren't up on all of their team's uh, points or your league settings. So. With that said, we're going to go ahead and wrap the show. I appreciate you guys tuning in for this special. Again, this was the footballextrapoints.com fantasy football special. I'm your host, Scott King. So, uh, look to be back on the air, hopefully here in the the future at a more full-time basis. But we've got a lot going on. So, uh, um, you know, we'll just check in when we can. So, appreciate you guys tuning in and hope you enjoy the show.
0: And search for RFSN to get sports talk 24-7 from a fan's perspective. That's the Real Fans Sports Network, realfansportsnetwork.com.